Hello, good afternoon. Warm welcome to the marketplace. Coming up in this edition, the governor of the Bank of Ghana announces Cocoboard will be signing an $800 million syndicated loan soon. But is it far lower than expected syndicated loan signed over the years? Also in this bulletin, Ghana Extractive Industries Transparency Initiative pushes for the use of beneficial ownership disclosure to demand accountability from both government and companies in the extractive industries. One of the ways of reducing corruption, tackling illicit financial flows, transfer pricing, and under-invoicing in the extractive sector, among others, is to use beneficial ownership disclosure data. Plus, Ghana Real Estate Developers Association demands the increasing cases of money laundering activities in Ghana and West Africa, warning the menace is gradually creeping into the real estate industry. Money laundering is gradually creeping into our industry. Our West Africa is experiencing a creep, uh, 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 an insurgence of money launders into our industry. And for that matter, it is important that all of us uh, uh, take part in the measures. We have details of these and many others coming your way all in a moment. Please stay. Thanks so much for your company. I am Pius Kojo Baka. Governor of the Bank of Ghana, Dr. Ness Addison, has disclosed that Cocoa Board is expected to raise about $800 million in the coming weeks as part of its cocoa syndication program to support the purchases of cocoa beans for the next crop season. This can be described as a sharp reduction from previous years. 
Cocoa Board has in the recent years signed up to $1.3 billion syndicated loan. It's not clear how this could impact on inflows of foreign exchange earnings and cocoa production for next year. Let's get on phone and engage economist Dr. Patrick Esumin for um, more on this. Um, thanks so much, sir, for joining us here on the market, please. Now, in an era where Ghana is considered a leading producer of cocoa and the country is expected to earn more, at least from production, do you think reducing the syndicated loan gave a bad signal that Ghana is not ready to rake in more income from the sale of cocoa beans? Uh, good afternoon, good afternoon, viewers. Thanks for having me. I think rather than putting up a signal, I think it's probably a signal of some difficulties that we have seen in the last year or so. So, obviously, there, there could be two things. Either we are not going to produce the usual quantities we produce, and therefore we need a, a lower amount. But my sense is that it's more to do with probably having challenges with securing more of the proposed indicator because we've seen, it is out there, that there's been some problems with cocoa in the last few years. Not necessarily the cocoa production, but the cocoa has had some challenges. So my sense is that that could be a reason why, you know, you have to go for a lower And some of the opinion that it shouldn't really be about the sale of beans, but the processing, since the entire value chain is worth over $60 billion. Do you agree with that assertion? Absolutely. I think looking into more processing would be crucial. And to be fair, in recent times, we've seen a few cottage industries come up doing uh, some processing, but those are on a smaller scale. I think we need to support the expansion of different processing of cocoa for different things, not just chocolate. But, you know, do more research to see what else we can process there. That way we add value and we're able to get more for, for our cocoa production than currently exporting a lot of, a lot of raw food. Mm. Dr. Patrick, assuming, are you concerned that this could lead to a reduction in production even though the farm gate prices have been increased for farmers? So, I don't think that, I mean, the way I see it is that we take this loan to purchase the cocoa has been, that has been produced. Don't forget that this is the start of the major purchase season. So I see more, it's not like they take the, they take the loan and they use it to expand. In the last couple of years, you know, we've had challenges with people selling their, you know, cocoa farms for Galampe, and we've had challenges with uh, supply of fertilizers to cocoa farming. So I think, those are the ones that pose significant challenges to production. Uh, you expect that in a year where we've seen uh, a significant increase in the producer price, you know, if you anticipate that next year production will be higher. But, you know, again, if you are not able to address the supply side constraints that uh, cocoa farmers face by way of supply of fertilizer and related inputs, then the challenges will, will, will show up next year. loan is a significant foreign exchange influence for governments to support the CD against the dollar. Do you foresee this development impacting on the strength of the CD? Uh, not 
Asanjaliyajan. We've seen from the recent summary of economic and financial data, the country is earning a lot more from other countries. Mm. We realize that compared to last year, we've written more. And also at the moment, because of the debt restructuring, we are not really paying off our foreign debt. We are not servicing the foreign loan. So in some sense, even though ordinarily it should have been bad news for the currency, but because of our current circumstances, probably only have much of an impact. I see. Thank you very much, Dr. Patrick Isumin, for your time here on the marketplace speaking to us there. Now, let's touch on some other stories. Co-chair of the Ghana Extractive Industries Transparency Initiative, Dr. Steve Mantel, has advocated for the use of the beneficial ownership disclosure data to demand accountability from both government and companies in the extractive industries. Speaking at a dissemination workshop on the 2020 mining, oil and gas report, Dr. Mantel said such a reporting requirement would help tackle corruption, among others. Precious Semevo has more. The Ghana Extractive Industries Transparency Initiative, GATI, and GIZ Stakeholder Dissemination Workshop in Sunyai discussed the 2020 reports on the mining and oil and gas sectors and the non-physical revenue pathways to optimizing benefits in Ghana's mining sector. Co-chair of GATI, Dr. Steve Mantiao, notes that transparency and accountability in the payments and revenues in the extractive sector have been dipping since Ghana signed on to the EITI in 2003. He, however, said other teething issues like corrupt act and unaccountable revenue collections could be managed with the use of beneficial ownership disclosure data. One of the ways of reducing corruption, tackling illicit financial flows, transfer pricing, and under-invoicing in the extractive sector, among others, is to use beneficial ownership disclosure data to demand accountability from both government and companies. Beneficial ownership is a new reporting requirement and was introduced in 2019 by the EITI to encourage more relevant, more reliable, and more usable information, as well as provide better linkages to wider country anti-corruption reforms. Gaiety's intervention through advocating fiscal reforms, especially with respect to royalties, corporate income tax, among others, has resulted in savings of about $713 million in additional revenues to the state. To ensure the prudent use of mineral royalties to benefit communities. As we uh, produce the reports on mining sector in particular, we find that in most of the mining communities, their share of mineral royalties are used on recurrent expenditure items, uh, such as garbage collection, uh, painting of office buildings, stationery, uh, and stuff like that. Uh, now, if you continue to use uh, revenues derived from non-renewable resources in this manner, uh, chances are that you continue to mine for over a century and will see no real benefits. So going forward, our suggestion uh, or recommendation is for the state to develop some guidelines 
to ensure that community share of mineral royalties are put to prudent use. Bono Regional Minister Justina Osubahini stressed the need for a lot more to be done to curb illegal extractions for sustainable development. Precious Semevo Joy Business, Sunyai. The Ghana Real Estate Developers Association, Greda, has bemoaned the increasing cases of money laundering activities in Ghana and West Africa. According to its Executive Secretary, Sami Amegaibo, money laundering activities are gradually creeping into the real estate industry in Ghana. It's therefore urging property developers to make extensive research on clients to help combat this menace. Now, I want to bring you to a very sensitive issue uh, that is uh, creeping into the industry. It has to do with money laundering. Money laundering is gradually creeping into our industry. Last year, November 26th precisely, I participated in a workshop in Senegal, uh, under Giaba, which is a, a sort of FATAF, which is interested in fighting money laundering worldwide. And at that meeting, it came out clear that West Africa is experiencing a creep. Uh, 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 an insurgence of money launders into our industry. And for that matter, it is important that all of us uh, uh, take part in the measures or the mitigating measures against money laundering in our own interests. And then also beneficial ownership. We need to be careful as estate developers and property sellers that the issue of beneficial ownership is critical these days, and that there's a requirement on us in the process of selling of our properties to take adequate information on the people we sell properties to as part of the measures in fighting money laundering. As part of measures to provide a seamless service delivery to all its customers across the world, Access Bank PLC has launched the U-Invest campaign. According to the bank, the campaign will provide corporate entities and traders opportunities to use products of the bank in different countries. There is more in this report. According to Access Bank, it has presence across 17 countries, including UK, UAE, China, India, and Lebanon in three continents, including Africa, Asia, and Europe. This, the bank says, makes it easy to implement the U-Universe campaign successfully. James Bruce is the executive director, wholesale banking at Access Bank Ghana. Universe to our customers means that once you have a relationship with us as a customer, wherever we have a presence, which in this case over 700 locations and 15 countries in Africa, in the Middle East, we treat you as one customer. So you become a one bank, a one bank name across the 17 countries. Our footprint, I think Pell has alluded to it already. All our corporate um, customers and our commercial banking customers also enjoy the benefits of that. We have also established partnerships with the Development Bank of Ghana to be able to find cheap financing. 
with Equus Bank for International Development. We're also doing partnerships with Ghana Export Promotion Authority and also with Pharmaceutical Society of Ghana, just to elicit the number of partnerships that we're going to do. On her part, the Executive Director for Retail and Digital Banking at Access Bank Ghana, Pearl Nkrumah, explains the reasons behind the campaign. This is what we stand for and we want to reaffirm and by doing that we are also challenging our customers to hold us accountable. Our business is in a business of making promise that this is what we want to give to you in terms of how we want to um, deliver our service to you, in terms of how we want to, the solutions that we, can, we bring on a timely basis to solve the real problems of our clients and ensuring that this relationship we continue to make it a good, a fruitful relationship by listening to our clients. To serve their varied customer base across different cultures and languages, the bank says it has specialized decks that are abreast with the nuances of trade among French, German, Chinese and Lebanese. Now, the African Continental Free Trade Area established in 2018 is a trade between um, 54 African countries that aims to create a single market for goods, services, and people. Ghana was one of the first countries to sign and ratify the AFTA agreement. But has the single market uh, benefit the country? Thankfully, tomorrow the UPSC Law School, in collaboration with Ishmael Yamsin and Associates and Sam Okujeto and Associates, will launch a report on Ghana's after preparedness. And thankfully, we've been joined in the studio by a lady and a gentleman. First off, Juliana S.L. Akom, management consultant with Ishmael Yamsin as an associate, and Per Sival Ofori Ampoma, lawyer, finance, and investment professional with Samokuja to an associate. Gentlemen and a lady, thanks so much for joining me on the market, please. First off, give me an overview of the entire AFTA program or agreement we've signed on to since 2018, um, Per Okay, um, so maybe just a, a quick overview of AFTA mm. itself. Started uh, a long time ago, um, somewhere in 1980, with Lagos Plan of Action. We've come all the way to Kigali in 2018, when it was signed that AFTA should be established. Since then, the Secretariat has been established in Ghana. So Ghana is a proud uh, host of the, Africa, uh, the African uh, Continental Free Trade Area Secretariat. Uh, but in terms of Ghana, there's a lot that has gone on already. There's mm. A lot of committees have been set up, including an interministerial committee that is to uh, look at the implementation of AFTA. There are other committees that are working to ensure that local businesses benefit from AFTA. There's a national action plan for AFTA, and in the action plan, they have an extensive view of what is supposed to be done. We've come quite far. Ghana uh, placed its instruments of ratification mm. in 2018, so we were one of the first, in addition to Kenya, to actually put our instrument of ratification on the table when AFTA was signed as an indication that we were ready for business in Ghana. So we've done quite a lot, but there's still a lot to be done in the country in terms of uh, legal and regulatory policy review framework to ensure that it aligns properly with AFTA, but also institutional framework and an economic uh, framework that has to work in tandem to ensure that AFTA works. At least from 2018, there's some work being done, but there's still more to go. All right, so Juliana, tell me about this report you intend launching tomorrow. What about that? Yes, thank you very much. So this report is a three-chaptered report. Mm. 
where we do a comprehensive review of Ghana's legal mm. policy and regulatory framework as relates to the implementation of AFTA. Um, the report has been couched in a way that it caters to all audiences. So we provide um, details of the background of the reports, essentially, and then we talk about the AFTA agreement itself, and then we delve deeply into Ghana's implementation of the AFTA. Great. So, Percival, now I want to know the key highlights of the report. I know, yes, tomorrow is going to be a big day for us to know what's entailed in that report, but tell me, give me a highlight. Okay. So, um, let me pick up from what Juliana okay. said. So, we've covered um, in, in at length what the after structure looks like, you know, when you pick at, from it from a structural point of view. We've also looked at how it assimilates into Ghana's legal. Remember, the report covers legal policy and regulatory framework. There are some limitations in the report. We don't cover everything because we can't do that. Definitely. But the report will cover that. In particular, how that report, how AFTA is going to assimilate itself into Ghana's laws. Uh, international laws are not automatically binding on people in Ghana and therefore do not have a standing in the courts, but they have to be assimilated one way or the other. And there's a constitutional provision, constitutional uh, mandate that is laid out in that Article 75 that allows that to happen. Mm -hmm. And then when that happens, what's going to happen as the interplay between after provisions and our own local laws? What's going to happen, for example, with the GIPC law, mm -hmm. the restrictions on, for example, certain sectors, minimum capital requirements, what's going to happen and all these things? We've covered some of it. We've chosen a couple of industries to look very closely at those industries and what those laws actually interact with after. We've also looked at the judiciary regime that is supposed to foster law enforcement or enforcement of trade laws in Ghana. We've looked at the tariff system in Ghana and what our obligations are towards AFTA, in particular what the principles of AFTA is and what they are going to implement in Ghana. We've looked at it vis-a-vis -vis the laws of Ghana and how Ghana can actually amend its laws, review its laws, or change its policies in order that we will be more suitable to accept AFTA and benefit from AFTA, but also being mindful of the impact it will have on the local uh, industries as we have more companies also opening our markets mm -hmm. coming in. So we've looked at all these things, and they are contained in the report. All right, so beyond this report, um, where next? Where are you taking it? Well, um, <laughs> that's an interesting one. Okay, so... Um, after is ongoing, the implementation is ongoing, we, we had expected that the report will form a basis for policymakers, for uh, government officials, for lawyers, academics, look at the report, review it, and we build on it because there are gaps in our legal systems, gaps in regulatory systems, challenges that needs to be addressed, and together we can also uh, solve those problems so that we can make Ghana a very uh, suitable place for AFTA to work, and we can justify the need for them to choose Ghana as the host for mm -hmm. AFTA and make sure we benefit more uh, for the AFTA implementation. Certainly. Juliana, now, tomorrow is going to be a big day for, for you guys. Now, uh, who are going to speak? Like, how many people are we expecting, business groups? Who are the speakers, basically? Okay, so we have a number of distinguished speakers coming. We have a representative from the AFTA Secretariat. Um, we also have the Secretary, sorry, the, off, the coordinator mm. from the National Coordinating Office will be there. Okay. What time is it starting? It starts at 4.30 4 p.m. Great. At the UPSA Auditorium. All right. Any final words you want to add to? Well, I would like to invite, the, I'll use your medium if I'm allowed to. Mm. I'm a lawyer, so I'm very careful when I'm talking <laughs> about intellectual property. But I would like to uh, 
use your medium to invite everybody, all Ghanaians, after concerns, as all concerns the, uh, the business community, concerns individuals. So as many as can, can pop into um, UPSA are welcome to come and see the launch. Thank you. Great. And so there you have it. Tomorrow is certainly going to be a big day for all of us, especially in relation to this after report being launched at the UPSA. You've got to make your way there. We'll follow up and, of course, keep you updated in our subsequent bulletins. Thanks so much for joining us, um, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Now, Sunweden is one of the new businesses practiced by some business tycoons across the country and in the Volta region, especially the southern parts of the region, which has for some years now become a major business for contractors and even landowners. Now, the contractors involved in the business are currently undergoing a one-week land reclamation exercise at the Poglu in the Ketu South municipality. The companies, namely H2KA Limited, Volta Marbles, Rocks Quarry Limited, and Ridge Arrow Limited, have been waning sand in the Ketu South legally for some time now and had to reclaim the over 60 acres of land destroyed by the sand waning. Ivy Setoji has more. The above-mentioned companies and other companies had extracted these sands to meet the growing demand for construction materials, leaving behind a scarred landscape and depleted ecosystems. The realization agents need to reclaim the lands dug during the sand winning processes. The over 60 acres of land, according to the CEO of H2KA Limited, who particularly Kofi Adani, even though were not all used by their companies involved in the sand winning, so they need to reclaim all the lands in the areas to pave the way for other developmental projects like vegetable Farming. We commence the reclamation exercise. And you can see it. Some of the pea doesn't belong to us. They said we created a pit and we are degrading the coastland. And the petition they wrote is 85 signatories. And some among the 85 signatories, we have some of them who created this pit. See this pit? That's a rice farm over there. That shows that the land is so fertile. So many things that they can bring the like beans. Yeah, we can put beans on it. Okro, a lot of things. You can see okro behind us. Pepper. We can do a lot of vegetable, especially vegetable. So those are the things we are going to, after the reclamation. Those are the things we are going to do. Mr. Hupoti said, Ketisa does not have clan lands, but rather family lands, which have been given to the contractors. Because lands belong to all of us, doesn't belong to an individual. However, we do not have stool land as an airways. We don't have it. He said there is a need for all companies involved in the legal business of Sandwini to make sure that all lands are reclaimed properly for other activities, especially for agricultural purposes. Joshua Agbo Samuel with Volta Marbles and Rock Square Limited, who is one of the contractors involved in the reclamation, was excited about the exercise and hopes that it continues to give relief to people involved as you can see the feeling is great because it has been our concern but this is not the first time reclamation is being carried out on this land 
few months ago, uh, we did a reclamation. And the, the feeling, as I said, is very great. If you scoop or you mine, and then after that, you reclaim the land, you yourself, you'll be having a positive energy. Knowing very well that what you have taken out, you have filled it back for the next generation to also come and then benefit from. Some of the local landowners were excited about the exercise and prayed that things go as planned to have a more beautiful environment, even after winning of sun and other activities. Ivy Setoji filed that report. And then the marketplace here with me, Pios Kujubaka. Congregate stories when you log on to myjoyonline.com forward slash business. Do enjoy the rest of our programs. Bye.